Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, it's good to be with you this morning. The last few weeks have been so much fun, and uh, and I know that's not a that's not a bad word at church. Okay, fun is good. Fun is good, and I just think it's really cool uh, watching a lot of uh, new faces and familiar faces, and it's just great to be together. And uh, I just hope that uh, you'll be blessed today. We, we that's what we want as a leadership here. I've got several things going on. You see them in the bulletin. Lots of stuff happening. There's a Super Bowl party today. I guess I'll come and watch. You know, uh, the Barty Trophy's there. At least the Packers are represented in some way. Uh, but um, no, I, but there's been a lot of baptisms too. I mean, there's been a lot of baptisms, and my mouth's not used to saying that. It's so cool to be able to say that, huh? And so uh, I know Brittany uh, Bartholomew was baptized. Just there she is. Stand up, Brittany. And I and I know we're having a baptism after church. Am I right? There she is. Stand up. Stand up. She's going to get baptized after church. Hot diggity doggity. And I know that we're having a couple on Saturday. I mean, it's just a what a what an exciting time. And I know I've missed some people already, but it's really cool to see that. I'm glad that we're having so many that uh, I can't remember everybody. It's really good. It's cool. We're in a series. We've been in a series called God of the Towel. I wasn't supposed to be preaching this week, but Gary's in Georgia, and so he said, Tim, can you do something? I said, well, yeah, I've got something I was going to work on, and we're going to do it today. We're going to talk about dirty jobs. And um, I don't know how, what, uh, how, you, how you're feeling about this series. I've really enjoyed this series. We are looking at John 13. We're looking at it quite a bit. We keep coming back to it. You know, I've heard someone say one time, the three R's of learning are repetition, repetition, repetition. Well, we just keep coming through this passage, and I'm learning more and more. I mean, I've got, there's an argument in this passage. I want to talk about that sometime. But uh, today I just want to look at uh, this, this whole idea of dirty jobs. Look at this passage in your notes if you want to follow along in John 13. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him power over everything and that he had come from God. And I want you to notice this next part here. And he was going back to God. He's, in other words, he's talking about, he's thinking about his ascension. He's thinking about his ascension there. So during the meal, he stood up and took off his outer clothing, taking a towel. He wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into the bowl and began to wash the followers' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then he said, I'm giving you an example that you should follow. It's, what I found interesting here was, I, we all talk about the Great Commission. Everybody knows the Great Commission. You know, that's when Jesus, before he sends into heaven, go to all the world and teach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey everything I've commanded, and I will be with you till the end of the age or the end of time. And that's, that's true. That's the Great Commission. And, and then he ascends. Well, here, in, I noticed in John 13, it may not be considered the Great Commission. I want you to think of it as the Humble Commission. Because he's thinking about leaving. And what's he, what's he doing? He takes a towel, wraps it around his waist. He takes a basin of water, and he goes around serving. And then he says these words after he's done. He says, I've given you an example that you should follow. It's very important for us to understand that, that God's calling you and I to service. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to follow him into service. And so that's what I want to talk about is dirty jobs because the obvious passage here has got dirty feet in it. And I don't know if you ever watched Dirty Jobs, you know, Mike Rowe on the Discovery Channel. 
He did over 200 episodes. You can catch him on a little TED talk, by the way, and it's incredible. Uh, I can't even repeat some of the stuff he talks about because it's so, so gross, some of the things that he's had to do. But he's crisscrossed the country, went, went to all 50 states, and over 200 jobs, he, he uh, is an apprentice, and he kind of joins, whether it's a farmer or someone else, and he follows them along, and he gets to do what they do and what is considered a dirty job. Let me give you his top six uh, dirtiest jobs. Here they are on the screen. Number six, sewer inspector. He did that in San Francisco. There's something I- ironic about that. Can you imagine? And, and one of the th- I remember watching the episode, and he talks about uh, he learned, he discovered people flush a lot of different things besides poo down the toilet. Gross. Number five, snake wrangler. In this job, he followed a guy along, and you'd grab a, a water snake. He got bit several times doing this episode, and he grabs a, a water snake, and you make it vomit, and then you get the vomit underneath a microscope to see if the snake's healthy and what he's eating. Oh, that sounds like a great job. Number four, bat biologist. And the bat biologist, what they, he followed this bat biologist into a cave, and as he's walking through the cave, the bats are hanging from, you know, the, the ceiling of the cave, and they're defecating and urinating and spitting all over them, and they're walking through, he said, about a foot deep of fresh bat crap. <laughs> I know I said bat. Number three, and I know we've never heard these words from the pulpit. Ch- chicken sexer. What do they do? <laughs> Look it up, man. <laughs> Number two, horse inseminator. <laughs> Ew! Just I don't know what grosses me out more: horse or inseminator. <laughs> yeah. And then the number one was shark suit tester. I found this interesting because he said, you know, think about this: you get in a suit. You climb in the water. Then they dump bloody chum all around you. The shark come and bite you. And if you survive, the suit's good. <laughs> if you don't, it's unfortunate. <laughs> well, you know, the disciples here in this upper... <laughs> the disciples in this upper room, there's a dirty job that would make their top six. And it's washing feet. And it's a common thing. You did it every day. Sometimes more than once a day. Because you'd be walking around, they had sandals back then, and we know the story. They walk around, and there's all kinds of things on the street, all kinds of livestock, all kinds of memory things, you know. That, and 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 so when they would, you'd walk in to eat for to, in a particular meal, the first thing you would do is wash the feet, and that makes sense. We always say, if you washed your hands back then, they'd say, did you wash your feet? Because your feet usually were in the face of the guy that's eating next to you. But it was a common everyday thing. It was it provided not only good hygiene, it also was refreshing that the person had their feet feet washed. I don't know about you, but whenever you you know you, you wash your feet or somebody oh man, it feels so good. You feel refreshed. It's also a gesture that brings honor to somebody and respect. Back in Luke seven, Jesus made this point about the Pharisee. He said, and the woman's washing his feet, remember, with her tears and hair. And he says, you know, uh, you didn't even wash my feet when I come in here. Why? He was snubbing Jesus. He was snubbing him. Now, it says here in, in John 13, 7, this is the next thing that Jesus says. He says, 
you don't, he says this to his disciples after he's done. You don't understand now what I'm doing. You don't understand what I'm doing right now. But someday you will. Later you will. It's important. You don't understand this. I'm doing this so you can understand something for later. And it's important you get it. Well, what is it? What is he wanting the disciples to understand? Well, probably the same things that he wants you and I to understand. Well, what are they, Tim? Well, let me give them to you. Now, I notice uh, you're probably in your notes. The first word says serving. I want you to cross that out because that's not really capturing what I want to get here this morning. Let me show you what I'm talking about. The first thing that Jesus wants us to understand about serving is loving can be messy. Remember, this is in the context he's showing the full extent of his love. He's not just serving. I know people that serve, but they don't love the people they're serving. Right? You can serve without love. Jesus serves with love. Thank God. And, and if you, he says, I want you to know something. Loving can be messy. It occurred to me, I was thinking about this. Hate may be violent, but love can be messy. Love can be messy. There are moments that Jesus, you look in the scriptures, he's not concerned so much about sanitation. Yeah, he probably didn't wear a mask and he didn't, he didn't wear, he didn't put on gloves. Uh, you, you find examples where he's spitting in the dirt and making mud and smearing it on somebody's eyes and then he wipes it. You could just see him going like this on his clothes. Moments where he's touching lepers or people with disease. He's around dead bodies. A woman walks up, has been bleeding for years. And even Jesus Christ himself is a bloody mess on his way to the cross. That's because he's more concerned about not his own cleanliness, but our cleanliness. Look at this again in John 13. Just just to remind us and refresh us. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing. What's he doing? He's getting ready to do a dirty job and he's dressing for the occasion. Because I, you ever, um, how, husbands, how many times has your wives have said this to you? You're not going to work on the car in that, are you? You're going to change clothes, right? My wife says that constantly to me. I was in, I did a funeral a couple weeks ago, and I'm going home and I'm going to work on some stuff. She goes, "You're not going to work on the car in that suit." I go, "Oh, of course not." I knew better. I had to change of clothes. Jesus is changing clothes because he's about to get dirty doing something here. Notice it says he poured water in a basin, washed the disciples' feet, and and that was uh, with the t- and he dried it off with the towel wrapped around him. These guys walked with Jesus that day all day. And it occurred to me when you walk with Jesus, you're going to get dirty. Now you think about that, church. If I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to get messy. I'm going to get dirty. Even as a Christian, I get dirty. I mess up. You guys ever been to the ape house or the primate house in St. Louis? It's usually the one of the last ones I want to go to. You know, the reptile house has got this pungent odor that's just knocks you down. But the primate house, ooh, and we're supposed to be related to those people, you know. And it's true. I mean, we're we're messy people. It's not just at the primate house. It's at my house and your house. Give us enough time. Give us enough time and we will make a mess of things. You ever heard anybody say, you're have, you've got a filthy mind, 
a dirty mind. Or your heart is, is there's something wrong, there's something unclean, or something, you've got your heart, it's uh, tainted with something. And that's, that, uh, and that's what's happening in this, in this room. These guys, because they were walking with Jesus, the, the, their feet are dirty, there's dirt on the floor, the room smells like a locker room. And what's he do? He changes clothes and shows these guys his, it says the full extent of his love, that he really loved these guys. And he gets dirty. He's trying to help these guys understand something, and I think he wants us to understand that when we, what we signed up for, and that is to love people, to love everybody, to the point of getting messy if we have to. I needed to hear that. I don't know about anybody else. I need to hear things like that. Boy, Jesus, man, you're really getting me to thinking now. You see, we get, we get, not only does our heart get dirty and our minds get dirty, we make a, we make bad decisions, our finances get in a mess, our relationships get in a mess, we have messy habits, bad habits, and they, and we gotta have somebody help clean us up because we really can't do it on our own. I know that sometimes you could walk in a room back then and you could wash your own feet, but these guys didn't do that. No, Nobody wanted to deal with it. Kind of like sometimes we get ourselves in a mess and we really don't want to deal with it ourselves, huh? We need somebody to help us. And so what's Jesus do? I'll, get, I'll go through your mess with you. I'll come to earth. I'll walk with you. I'll smell like you. There's a book called They Smell, they, they smell Like Sheep. You know, and Jesus being the shepherd would smell like us, be like us. Get dirty like us so he could clean us. Oh, that's awesome. So I get dirty walking with Jesus. How dirty does he get to him? Well, look at this next verse. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could be rid of sin. That's how dirty Jesus gets. It says Christ never sinned here in Second Corinthians. It says he never sinned, but God put our sin on him that we, then we are made right with God because of what Christ has done for us. Church, the world's a mess. I shouldn't be surprised I'm going to get into some messes. I'm going to be a mess. Saving people is a messy, dirty, filthy, dirty job. It just is. But not only do I get, I, I can get dirty walking with Jesus like the disciples, I can get dirty loving like Jesus. I can get dirty loving just like Christ. And see, that's what he wants us to do. I don't know what it is. But I, I, and I've, I, I know the Bible says it. James 1, 27, I believe, says something. Second Corinthians 6 says things. These are the kind of scriptures that encourage us to not be polluted by the world, to be separate from the world, you know, not to be of the world, I think is First John, not to love the world. And for a lot of Christians, they're happy with that. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I signed up for. I'm going to be as morally pure and clean as I possibly can. And I'm not going to be around anything that's going to corrupt me. The problem with that is Jesus did not live that way. If I'm going to follow Jesus, of course. But you say, but are you saying Jesus was sinful? No. He was in a broken world and he was together with it. He was clean, but he provided, he provided 
a way to be clean because he got out there where it was dirty. I mean, if think about it, if 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 I'm not supposed to, if I'm, I, I and again, the Bible teaches us to not be polluted by the world. If I'm not supposed to be in the world at all, then why didn't I die when I was baptized? Why didn't he just take me straight up to heaven? Why am I still here? Why is why did Jesus even come here? Because he's showing us that you can be a follower and you can be faithful and not be polluted by the world. And the world needs help. They need God's love. And so... I just want to say before we leave this point, if you are interested in serving like Jesus, it's a guarantee you're going to get dirty. You're going to be in their mess. You're going to get sucked into their vortex of the crazies. Nathan knows what I'm talking about. You're going to get sucked into their vortex. Somehow you go, oh my goodness. You know, uh, and you've got to be careful. But you've got to be willing. Number two, loving can be unappealing. Loving can be unappealing. I got to tell you, I got to admit something to you this morning. I've got my own love list. Do you? What are you talking about, Tim? I'm talking about there are certain people that you'd do anything for, but not, but not everybody's on that list. There are certain types of people. You go, I love you and you, but not you. Um, no, I'm not going to serve you. I'll serve you, and I'll serve you. No, not going to do you. Not going to serve with you. Not going to serve you. We all have this list. Jesus had a list around that room. There's Thomas and Judas and James and John and Matthew and all these guys are around that table. There's a list there. He loves all of them. He loves all of them. I was watching this uh, uh, this TED talk with Mike Rowe, and he said. He, he believes there's, there's been a war on America, a, a war in America, and it's the war on work. If you listen to a lot of people, they'll say it's hard to find somebody, hard, hard to hire somebody. We have less plumbers, less carpenters, less street workers. You know, the people repairing the streets, we have less. Nobody wants to get their hands dirty anymore. Can I hear amen? Am I right about that? He's right about this. I was looking. I thought, oh, no, wait a minute. I, I checked the Department of Labor. By 2035, lot, even data entry people, a job like that, as mundane as that can sound sometimes, these jobs, some of it's technologically connected and some of it is just people don't want to do it. By 2035, many of these jobs, plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, mechanics, is going to fall by almost 20%. And you think you're paying a lot now to get your car fixed. You think the plumber's gigging you pretty good now. I'll tell you right now, if I was 20, I would jump on the bandwagon. I'd, I'd find a trade school and I would learn that trade right now. You're going to make a living. I've, Don Yoder and I talk about this along with some of you. We've talked about sometimes just showing up. This is how bad the competition is. If you just show up for work, you show up at the customer's house, they're floored. Why? Because there's a war on work. Around the table. 
in the upper room, there's a war. There's a war. It's being waged around the Lord's table. And it's a war over washing feet because they see this as unpleasant and unattractive. It's not sexy enough. It's humiliating. They see it as a degrading thing to do. It's beneath them and therefore unimportant. And their mentality around the table is this, much like we hear today. Well, if somebody's got to do it, let someone else do it. How humiliating is it, Tim? Well, let me give you a couple of verses. Here's the same verse, two different translations. And here in, in Psalm 60, the psalmist writes this, Moab is my wash pot. What's he saying there? God is speaking and he says, Moab, this evil nation, he goes, they're a wash pot. He's insulting them. A wash pot is what you use to wash feet at the doorway. Look how the New Living Translation says it. Moab will become my lowly servant. Wash pot. Lowly servant. See, Peter knows this. He, he sees, he knows that that is not a job. It's not on his top six. It's not on anybody else's top six. It's the number one on Jesus' list. And look what he says here. When they get to his feet, when he gets to his feet, he says to this, you're not going to wash my feet. Not now. Not ever. He's got that mentality. If someone's going to wash and, and take the wash pot, it's not going to be me. And Lord, it's not going to be you. He's thinking that's a pretty good sentence. Jesus is disappointed. See, nobody wants the dirty job. Nobody wants... We want to dodge it. We want to find a way to avoid it. And Jesus' attitude is, well, if someone's got, someone's got to do this, and I'll tell you what, I'll do it to show you it's worth doing. It's worth doing. Church, when I looked at this, I was looking at this passage, and I heard Mike Rowe say something about the war on work in America, and I, and I saw it in this passage, that same war. I couldn't help but think, I'm in this war too. And my enemy is me. I'm fighting me. And the ammunition that I can use might be similar to the ammunition you find yourself using in this war on loving and serving. For example... The ammunition in the war of service can be something like pride. I've paid my dues. I've done my thing. Well, this is for somebody else. Church, the king of kings kneels again. Did you hear me? The king of kings is kneeling again. You ought to Check it out. Read your Gospels. How many times Jesus got on his knees? Well, he got on his knees to pray. He got on his knees to write on the ground. And he got on his knees to love these men. The king of kings. He's on the throne. The king of kings says, he knows where he's going. He knows where he's come from. And he says, I'll get on my knees again. I got no problem with that. He has no pride. What's it say in Philippians? He humbled himself and took the nature of a servant, the heart of a servant. Another bullet I can use on this war of service is busyness. Well, I've got a lot on my plate. I just think it's funny. 
And I don't mean funny, haha. I just, I don't, when I hear people say, I gotta learn to say no, they usually are saying no to kingdom things. I just gotta learn to say no. And by the way, I know there's, again, there are Christians that probably need to say no to some kingdom things. They're doing too much. I get that. But most of the time, it's not that. It's, I gotta say no. I, I gotta start saying no. And well, I can't make it to this small group, or I can't make it to this Bible class, or I can't make it to a party or whatever, because I got so much on my plate. Jesus Christ, do you think he had a lot on his plate? Every time I think about all the stuff that's on my plate, I just think about the Lord was on his plate. And yet he, he makes the time, he takes the time, he wants to love these men. Love is demanding. Love, I heard somebody say it this way, love costs and it exhausts. It's the way it is. Sometimes uh, maybe the bullet is self-righteousness. Well, who am I going to, who am I asked to serve? What, who, what do they do? What kind of person are they? My, my, um, youngest son worked at ER and he said, Dad, he goes, we have these people that keep coming in the ER wanting drugs. We call them frequent flyers. Wow. Frequent flyers. They're addicts. They're just hooked. And the only way they can get is fake an illness or I need this or I need that. I remember one time being in a, in a hospital room with a woman who had OD'd and they'd brought her back. And as I watched the doctor and the nurses taking care of her. I'm holding her hand. She's crying. She's like, I've messed up. I've relapsed. She's just awful. And I'm watching the doctor come in and go, okay, well, I think we got you. And don't even look at her. Nurse comes in. Okay, you okay? Oh, that's great. See, everybody's got a list. What's on your list? Who's on your list? There's some people that are so easy to love, and there's others that are a little more difficult. It's unpleasant. It's not, it's not very appealing to love them. And so, my self-righteousness. Jesus looks at Judas and washes his feet. What a challenge, huh? To go, who's the Judas Who's the doubting Thomas that God puts me with that needs me to serve and love them? That's something to think about. Selfish ambition. Here's another one. How will I look if I do this? Is anybody noticing? Will people admire me? This might give me inroads somewhere. Ingratitude is a part of the ammunition and arsenal of someone that in the war on loving and serving because they forget what God has done for them. They just, it's, a, it's easy to do, to forget, just to have a, a brain fart, if you want to call it, whatever. Oh, man, I forgot. I just realized how good God has been to me, and here I am just being so selfish. And there's bitterness, of course. This is a popular bullet. I've been burned before. Nobody appreciates me anymore. So you can get somebody else. And of course, a common one is fatigue. I'm just tired. I'm wiped out. I, many of us here know what I'm talking about. You come home from something, you've had a long day or a long week, and the phone rings, could you, could you? Now, now, and you get up, and you go, and you're glad you go. But in the back of your mind, you're going, I'm just so tired. Jesus was beat. And yet he would pick up a towel. These are challenging thoughts. And Jesus understands this war. 
on loving and serving. He gets it. He understands that you're in this war. And he calls you and I to surrender. That's what Jesus did. He unloaded his gun, set his rifle down, and put his hands out and says, I surrender. Look what the Bible says here. Here's an example. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering. That don't sound very sexy, does it? Doesn't sound very appealing. This cup of suffering away from me. He's saying, God, would you take it away from me? He's not really wanting this. And yet there's this desire in him that says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Loving people can be messy, church, and loving people and serving people can be unappealing. Here's something else Jesus teaches us in this room today. That's loving others honors my Lord. Loving others honors my Lord. What do you mean, Tim? Well, look at this passage in John 13. He says to those guys, after he'd done this, he goes, you call me your teacher and Lord. And you should, because that is who I am. And if your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, you should do the same for each other. He says, you call me that. Jesus showed that. He didn't just say it. And see, when I serve, when I love people and actually put it into action, I honor the memory of Jesus Christ. What are you talking about, Tim? Well, traditionally, we go to this passage to get thoughts about communion. Follow me. Think about it. It's in this upper room. Jesus gets out the bread and the cup. Mark did a fabulous job of helping us understand what we're doing in the Lord's Supper. And traditionally, that's what we do. We eat, we drink, we think of what? Of Jesus and his sacrifice. We think of, I think of, I think of my Savior. I think of his sacrifice for me. And it's true. Jesus is about to die. And his last words and actions in this upper room are extremely important. He wants them to not miss something. Why? Because later, he says, someday you need to understand this. Another translation says, later you'll understand. Just hours later, he's going to die and be buried. Three days later, he's going to resurrect. Forty days later, he's going to ascend into heaven. And years later, the disciples will meet their fate because of their faith. And generations later, you and I get touched. Because of their, their honoring the memory of Jesus. But it ain't just Sundays they're doing that. I'm not reached because somebody took some bread and a cup. I'm reached because somebody picked up a towel. I thought I, I, I found I, I couldn't escape this. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the bread and the cup. You just read the gospel accounts. I think even 1 Corinthians 11, Paul speaks of the bread and the cup. I know the Lord's Supper is about that, church. And, I, and I, I'm totally for that. Remembering our Savior and His sacrifice. But I think there's something else He's wanting us to remember. Look at this in Luke 22. He took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And historically, the church has done this. They've, they've honored Jesus on the first day of the week. We have a record of it in Acts 20. Acts 2, they devoted themselves to this. First Corinthians 11, Paul refers to it 
what Jesus said on the night he was betrayed. But John doesn't talk about bread and cups. He sees something else that he wants us to remember. He sees dirty feet. He sees a towel. And he sees a basin. I just wonder sometimes if I leave communion thinking about everything I'm supposed to think about. That I I take communion and somehow I forget about the towel and the basin and the feet. It's all happening in the same, same room, same moment. You follow me so far? You see, because he says here in John 13, I've set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. He wants his disciples to remember him and honor him by loving others. Not just honor him and, 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 and love him and remember him on Sunday, but every day. First day of the week. For the rest of the week. This idea of, okay, how am I going to remember Jesus? What he's done for me? Just remember, there was a humble commission he gave in this, in this room to you and I. To serve others, to love others. I find that fascinating. Here's number four. And that's loving is fulfilling. If there's anything I, 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 uh, I was took back by Mike Rowe, he talked about this. He said that the, he discovered that the happiest people on earth are those that do the job nobody else wants to do. Like what Jesus said, if you do these things, what? These dirty jobs. If you do these things, what? Washing dirty feet. If you do these things, show the full extent of your love through service to others. And if you put them into practice, you will find happiness. And that's what Mike Rowe talked about. He said he saw some guys. He went. He did one episode where they collected roadkill. I don't know about you guys, but I've done that. It's awful. And putting it in a rendering truck. And he says they're whistling while they're working. And I thought, you know, that's true. I have to admit, I, I did this morning, there was a garbage truck, Jones Sanitation came by and emptied our dumpster. I don't know how many times I'd go out there and talk to those guys. They're always nice. They're always happy. And they're doing a gross maggot job. And yet they're, why? They know they're doing something that's important. Believe me, we want these guys around. And Jesus goes, listen, what you're doing when you serve somebody that nobody knows that you're doing it or you're doing some small thing. I, I, I'm at the, at the coffee cart last week and this week and they have, they're serving McDonald's coffee. They're ser- it tastes better than McDonald's. I had a couple of teens waiting on me. Isabel's waiting on me. Can I tell you what I noticed about our teenagers? They're figuring stuff out, folks. They're starting to figure some stuff out. They're going to get, they're getting dangerous. They're getting dangerous. They're going to disrupt the fire out of this place. And I'm glad. I, I've been around dangerous teens before, and I love it. And I'm sitting there going, I like to have some of that uh, McDonald's coffee. And well, here you go, Tim. And they're grinning. They don't do that at McDonald's. 
They don't sit there and go, here you go. They're like, have a nice day. Have a nice, have a good one. A good what? Did you say one? What's that mean? No, it's about, here you go, Tim. Cara, here you go, Tim. I'm watching them serving everybody and there's some satisfaction. They're serving coffee. That's not sometimes can, be, that cannot be a very glamorous job at times. They're cleaning up after we're messy. And there, there's some satisfaction when we do that. You read Ecclesiastes, it talks about the value of work, that it brings satisfaction to people. That really that's what you should do, just enjoy it. Well, there's something about doing the dirty job, doing the serving that creates smiles and joy. And God is also pleased and satisfied when we serve. Jesus mentions this in Matthew 25. Look at this. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He'll sit on His glorious throne. Sounds cool, doesn't it? Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you are blessed by My Father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. He says, come and get this inheritance. Uh, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. How many times has somebody said, could you go get, could you go get me something? Oh, okay. Hey, there's a sandwich, could you get, uh, you gave me something to drink, man. Hey, could you pour me some, uh, some coffee? And oh, I guess. I'm a stranger and you invited me in. There's something intimidating, huh? That could be like a dirty job. Wow, who, stranger. I don't even know anything about him. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. You, looked at me. you ever looked after a sick person? It's gross. It's gross. I was in prison and you came to visit me. I don't know about you, but again, this is not something that's very glamorous and people want to do. And Jesus says, you did this. You did this. And he said, well, how do we do that? We didn't see you there. We didn't see you there. And he goes, oh, then he says this. The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Church, I want to, as we close, I just want you to think about something. When would you have stopped washing feet? I'm not sure if I'd have started. I know the I, you're Jesus, and you know these guys. You know what they're going to do. You know what how they're acting and what they're going to do in a few hours. The same feet are going to run out on you. Those same feet are going to go hide somewhere. I wonder how far would I got around? Would I even got to the towel? Or would I have stopped with somebody? Oh, there's Thomas. I think I'm stopping right here. John, I like you. The rest of you, hmm, I'm never going to touch the toes of Judas. Forget that. But you see, Jesus just keeps loving. Knows where these guys are, what they're going to do. He keeps washing. He keeps loving. Knows where they're going to go. Keeps washing. Keeps loving. Some of these feet are going to betray him. Some of these feet are going to deny him. Some of these feet are going to doubt him. And he just keeps washing all the way around. He just keeps loving. He knows what they could become. That they, they, because he would serve, their hearts would be touched enough to change. 
And so I'm saying to you this morning, whatever the dirty job is facing you, I think we've got a blank down at the bottom that says, what's your dirty job? Whatever dirty job that you're, you feel like you're, you're dealing with or you, you find yourself reluctant or you want to resist or you want to pull out your ammo and start shooting it and trying to keep from doing it, I want to say keep serving. Don't wait for somebody else to get up. You get up. You get up. Pick up your towel. Jesus said this, he mentioned mentions Isaiah that, that Jesus would see the light of life and be satisfied. There was something that motivated him to go through what he went through for you and I. And I think part of it was he, what he saw was he was pleasing his father. And what he was doing was not beneath him. Well, I guess you could say it was beneath him. It was unpopular, but it wasn't, it wasn't beneath him. He would not resist and ultimately it changed the world it changed you it changed me who else is going to be changed when we pick up the towel and serve Colossians says this whatever work you do put yourself into it as those who are serving not merely other people but the Lord remember that as your reward you will receive the inheritance from the Lord and I ask you as we close, what's your dirty job? And let me encourage you, follow the Lord's example. Let's start loving. Who needs more love? Who needs your service? Let's pick up that towel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you very much for this morning's lesson, Lord, and thank you for this passage. And Father, we pray that whatever job we're facing or a dirty job that we well, just grosses us out or or we resist it or we drag our feet, the Father will, instead of dragging our feet, will just get up on our feet and start serving. Give us that servant heart, Father. We pray for that. That's our theme this year. To give me a heart of a servant, Father. Give us that heart, the heart that was in your Son that caused Him to kneel and do the dirty job, to get messy and dirty, to make us clean, to make us whole. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.
Your mercy, Lord, help us to show your 